0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith2Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for faith to go
1: And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
2: Hi, I'm a new voice this week. I'm Seth David Clark. I'm an American Baptist minister serving at the First Baptist Church of National City and at the Border Church. Thank yeah. you, Seth, for being here. It's an honor.
0: And welcome, everybody to this week of the Faith to Go podcast for Sunday, December 11th, the week leading up to Sunday, December 11th. Two important things. This is Advent 3, so one more Advent Sunday after this. And this is also the last podcast before the Good Good News News Festival. Festival. Really good coordination there, Charlotte. Thank you. If you'd like to still sign up, uh, get your spot for the Good News Festival this coming Saturday, December 10th, you can go to thegoodnewsfestival.com and find all of the times uh, for workshops. You can also find where and when we'll be doing our live episode at the Good News Fest and look at all the workshop presenters, all the keynotes and things like that. So go check it out. Uh, sign up. It's free. And you can be there this Saturday. And come. Immediately. And, and hang definitely out with come us.
2: And come to my panel.
0: There you go. Go Go find Seth. And, you know what? We need to know more about you, Seth. So would you please tell us a little bit about your ministry context? Yeah. If you
2: would. Well, uh, I was born and raised on a very different border. Well, not all the way on the border, but I was born in Minnesota. Hmm. Uh, so up north, yeah. And uh, it's snowy there right now, so I'm glad that I'm here in San Diego, and OB, on the beach with y'all. Mm-hmm. I met a girl which happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I met a girl, her name's Verna, and we got married. Uh, but she's from here, she's from San Diego, and so she kind of pulled me down here. she and the beaches, I think, a little bit of both. But um, we we fell in love and so I got married into this family that was very different than mine. you know, there's definitely some migrants in my past. The migrants in her past were in her present too because her mom is a first generation Mexican immigrant. And a lot of my wife's family still lives in Sonora, Mexico, mm-hmm. and so we became like this blended family and this uh, frontier family, right? Mm-hmm. Fronterizo. So we're like these borderlands people now. And so little by little, all of my work became around refugees and migrants and asylum seekers. So on Sunday mornings at First Baptist Church in National City, I hang out with Laotian refugees that have been around since the Reagan years pretty well settled, but very much people who are interested in maintaining their cultural identity and who, you know, have experienced a lot of trauma and are still working through that all these decades later. And then from there, I drive further south to the border to Friendship Park, which has been closed since before the pandemic, which is terrible. Outside of Friendship Park, right there on both sides of the border, we have a binational interdenominational communion service called the Border Church. And so they are on the U.S. side. There's families trying to meet with People on the Mexico side. On the Mexico side, there's a bunch of migrants and deportees. And afterwards, we have lunch. And this is a whole beautiful thing. But basically, my whole Sunday morning uh, and Sunday afternoon is hanging out with people who are displaced, people who are marginalized, people who are trying to figure out uh, how Jesus impacts their everyday life in a world that's so different than what it used to look like for them.
0: And you also wrote a book.
2: I, I, I have a book. That recently came out. Like a week ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago? Yeah, not too long ago.
1: A book we're holding in our hands, even.
2: Can you hear it? There it is. (laughs) That's a copy. You too, dear listener, could hold a (laughs) an book
0: in your hand. What uh, Would you tell us about the book? Tell the people about the book.
2: Okay, so the book that just came out uh, is a children's book, and it's called God Loves You All the Way. And the point of it is to remind children, young and old, that God loves us all, and the whole way through. So it starts with um, the beginning, the beginning mm. of the cosmos, and it goes all the way to the end of time, really, in the end of our lives. And all the way through, before we were born, as we were in utero. Whatever life stage we're in, God is there and God is present with us. Mm-hmm. It's a fun book. You can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, it's a Kindle book, mm-hmm. and it's also in print. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Seth.
0: So cool. So everybody, go check that out. There's so many ways to check out what Seth's working on. So I'm sure there's there's websites and and like web presence for all these places. They can there check are your churches, your.
2: Yeah, all this stuff. If yeah. you go to SethDavidClark.com, there's a bunch of links there mm-hmm. for books. That book, my other book about the Border Church called Church mm. at the Wall. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and then I have some Insight Timer meditations, all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah. All
0: right, okay, cool. So um, thinking about God's love uh, and your various contexts, uh, we always like to ask our guests where they
2: saw or felt God's presence or movement in the last week. So for me, I really like communion. I grew up in a tradition different than American Baptist, uh, but a tradition called the Plymouth Brethren, which started in Plymouth, England in the uh, mid-19th century. And so every Sunday we had communion. We didn't call it that. We called it the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was communion. And we practiced every week. Even though my faith has matured and developed in different ways, and I'm no longer part of that movement, I still really love just coming to the table and remembering Christ, and remembering God's love for us through the body of Christ. So every week, I have the privilege of doing that both in the kind of a more traditional context at First Baptist Church, but also uh, in a very different context right there at the wall, the border wall, and just the juxtaposition of the misery and the grace, right, the kingdoms and empires of this world and the kingdom or kingdom of God. Uh, it's just really beautiful. And so when I go, that's the place I am most likely to have a sighting of God or a sighting of God's rule and activity in this life. Even just today's a Monday as we record. Yesterday, I was down there and it was a beautiful day. And I was just struck by how, even though we're separated by about a hundred feet and a couple of pretty tall fences Mm -hmm. that they want to tear down and make even bigger fences, which is ludicrous. Uh But even though we're separated there, the connection that I, I feel with the people across in a different country, the connection that I feel with nature as I look over the Pacific ocean, the connection that I feel with God is just really tangible. I'm someone who's a spiritual seeker for sure. I'm an aspiring mystic, I guess you could say, but not someone who's kind of prone to those feelings spiritual consolation in a really fantastical sort of way even still in a a more subtle way when i'm down there i feel that it happened yesterday so i'm pretty grateful for that thank you seth
0: all right amazing and you know what everybody listening we would always love to hear from you just like we heard from seth about your ministry context or where you saw or felt god's movement in the last week or i mean how whenever i mean it could have been 10 years ago what if you want to tell us we'd love to hear no time limit on God's movement. And you can get in contact with us in a number of ways. You can find all of those ways of contacting us listed in the description for this podcast episode, where you can also find the link to Seth's website if you want to just do a click instead of having to remember. It says whole name and typing it. Uh, in. That would Three be, whole names oh together. Oh, my God. Now we're going to transition to our gospel discussion again for this week leading up to Advent 3. That's Sunday, December 11th, again in year A now, new liturgical year. So Charlotte is going to read the gospel, and then I'll give the smallest bit of context, and then we'll each have a point that we hope you take into your week of gospel discussion. This week's gospel is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11.
1: When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look at those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Thanks, Charlotte. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
0: love it. Okay, here we are, hop, skipping, and jumping around the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is here, not a baby, fully grown. He's just in the middle of his ministry here, in that region of Galilee, He's done some crisscrossing the Sea of Galilee. And so now he's going around and talking to people, teaching in uh, synagogues and going to villages, different towns and villages, and things like that. So John is obviously imprisoned. And so John is not coming to him, but John's uh, disciples are coming to him. Because John was, you know, a spiritual teacher, a. You know, a, in a similar position as Jesus, we see Jesus in in his ministry. John was in that position as well. He had disciples, and some people think maybe Jesus was one of his disciples. We don't really know. So some followers of John come to Jesus. The other thing about this is like there were other people who always claimed to be the Messiah. Like the Messiah was like a pretty significant thing in in a Jewish religious tradition. So it makes sense that John would be like, "Are are you the guy?" Because there might have been like twenty other guys during John's life that were like, "I'm the guy." So and he's like, cause I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, cause
1: like <laughs> I was like that. I've
0: been the guy. Like Are you God. the guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. So Jesus is like, I'm the guy. That is our context, the beginning of chapter eleven, kind of in the in the beginning half in the first half of, of Matthew's gospel book, right? Getting towards the smack in the middle of Jesus' ministry, you know, adult ministry. Charlotte
1: has a first point. I do, Take thanks, it away. David. Yo. I was thinking about this section that comes right here at the beginning, the first paragraph of today's gospel, and specifically as it relates to John. And you guys are going to talk a little bit more about John himself as we transition through the other points. But we know that John is a prophet. We're told that. Um, And we also know that John is faithful. He is faithful in both word and in deed, the way he lives his life, the way he relates to other people, that he is true to who he is, locusts and honey and all, Mm -hmm. right? Like John is John. John is not somebody who you expect to have doubts. Maybe doubts is the right word. Maybe questions is what I really mean. I love the fact that we get this from him, that here he is imprisoned and that he sends his disciples off to see Jesus and to be like, hey, are you really the guy? Mm -hmm. Like, reassure me. My interpretation of that is, as I think about John in this instance, is that John knows, but John is afraid to hope. He's afraid to like be solid in that until he has that confirmation. And instead of sitting in his discomfort, he reaches out for the reassurance that he is feeling like he needs, all the way from his prison cell. And so he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one? Are, are you the one for whom I've been waiting, whom we've all been waiting? And I love that he's unafraid to ask that question, that he's not embarrassed, you know, like, oh, I, I'm i not gonna ask because I should already know this answer. Instead, he sends for the clarity that he needs. But I also love Jesus's response in this because Jesus isn't shaming in this at all. He doesn't say, you know, I'm the one who has come. It's been foretold, here I am. Instead, he reassures him. He not only reassures him by saying, yes, I am the one, but he reassures him by providing him all the substantive answers that he needs. It's a big list. You know, as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, we named it all, Jesus. Because he says, tell him what you hear and see, the tangible things that you as a person have heard and seen. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The leopards are cl- The leopards. The leopards <laughs> Leave that one in. Have no stunts. <laughs> The lepers um, are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Like... There's nothing left out there, maybe maybe one or two little things. He doesn't really go into the parables, but the rest of it is all there for them. And so it's like everything you could possibly need to be reassured, think about it, but not just know it from a peripheral, this has happened somewhere, but these are things that people have heard and seen that, that they can witness to. I like that, especially like when we think back to maybe the God sighting that Seth shared or the God sightings in our own life, because those moments when we can tangibly connect to God, those are our own opportunities to answer those questions and those moments in our own life in which we need that reassurance. And we have to be open to it and we have to notice, right? We talk about that all the time, that God's moving all the time. We just aren't always paying attention. It provides an opportunity to ask those questions of each other in those moments when we are feeling the desolations or the questions or the doubts in our own life and to have somebody else offer what they have heard and what they have seen.
0: hmm yeah, and it's nice that even so like if you think back to the first interaction that we see from between Jesus and John the Baptist and Matthew. John baptized Jesus mm-hmm. and a disembodied voice from heaven said this is my son the beloved. And still John's like, are you still are you the guy? I mean like reassure me. I had this crazy experience when I baptized you, but you know, he's still wondering, mm-hmm. you know, that he can have this you know, incredible affirmation of what he's doing and then still continue to wonder, which I think is such a human, a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing, you know, as a human being, that we all have that. Seth, you've got the next point.
2: I'm going to piggyback off what you said first. Keep going. But it's interesting, like, in this passage, we also see how Jesus is saying that John is the greatest. You know, people Mm -hmm. in the kingdom are going to be greater, but John is the greatest. And even the greatest... Among humans Mm -hmm. is still having these doubts Mm -hmm. or questions or concerns. And that's pretty reassuring, too, because I feel those sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so my my point, uh, there's a quote, I think it's from Malachi. And Jesus says, see, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And then he says uh, that that's talking about John the Baptist. And he does say it's talking about John the Baptist as, like, the one fulfillment. But I also think, you know, maybe in our humanity, our shared humanity with uh, John the Baptist, maybe we can, in our own small way, or maybe big way, fulfill a little bit of this prophecy, too. Because as we think about this Advent season and Christ coming, we have this responsibility, and more than that, hopefully, a privilege to bear witness to that same coming of peace and joy and love that comes when Christ comes, Mm -hmm. right? And Christ came once in the incarnation, but I also think Christ comes and shows up in us as we meet, as we serve each other, as we show love to each other. This uh, ministry of being a messenger or bearing witness, like we're talking about, it takes words, it does take words, but it also takes actions, and mm-hmm. it takes just living life authentically in a way that puts the other in a, in a place not of subservience or outsiderness, <laughs> if that's a word, yeah. but draws them close to us and says, well, if I'm going to quote a book I, I know about, God loves you all the way. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> that was good. Good plug. Yeah, and I love this idea that Jesus has of someone being... Yes, a prophet, but more than a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, to, what does it mean to be more than a prophet? It is to like, yeah, do these things, embody like this whole life, this whole different way of being, mm. you know, it's really, really incredible. Yeah. I love that, that idea of more than a prophet. The thing that struck me as, as the disciples of John leave and Jesus turns to the crowd, uh, these questions he asks, What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes. Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet, yes, and more than prophet. As we think about in Advent, you know how we can be awake and aware of Christ emerging in the world, of of seeing God and people and places and situations in ourselves and all these different, uh, sometimes disparate feeling parts of our life that are actually all you know deeply connected. Jesus is asking us to be awake, and then, as Seth's saying, you know, asking us to be this kind of prophet, and maybe even more than a prophet, you know, like doing things in the world so that the ground can be like made ready for God to continue to emerge more and more and more and more. So they're, we're kind of like co-creating these God moments, uh, as you, if you will, throughout our lives. And so, it's, I think, it adds some nice texture to think about how Jesus describes John. Especially the shaken by the wind thing, I think is such a a cool metaphor because you can like, it's so descriptive of what it feels like to be kind of unsure of yourself, you know, unsure of what you stand for. Like if you think about a person in power, if your whole goal is to stay in power, you are really willing to be for your ideas and and beliefs to be shaken as the wind blows. The power of the wind blows is where you're going to go to stay in power. And so I think it's so much, we talked about this last week with with John and kind of just his whole way he embodies uh, this new way of being, of like being kind of outside of the power structures of the world, but claiming his own power just within himself by being his own authentic, true self. Thinking about then like what Charlotte was saying about this, the beauty of this questioning and wondering. A prophet is not unflinching in their understanding of who they are and who God is, because that would be crazy. I mean, to think that we know exactly who God is and how God is moving and how God will move. But that a prophet centers their own kind of authenticity and and not power. And by centering their authenticity, when they do shift and move, it's in response to how God is moving and not in response to how they how the world is moving around them so that they can keep controlling it. I love how Jesus gives us invitation, you know, to a different way of being a prophet and more than a prophet to be more than a prophet is to be truly who we are at our deepest, most essential self. Mm. And that in Advent in this season, we're given the invitation to become aware of who that is to take on practices that reveal to us who we are and, and who God is moving in us and how God is moving in us.
1: I like it because I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about how beautifully like all of the points kind of tie together Mm -hmm. this week, how they all kind of work together, which is such a gift, especially in this season of Advent when we're supposed to be more quiet and meditative and reflective. And there's such an opportunity in this gospel to consider what is our own authentic relationship with God? Um, and how does that inform our actions in this world? Like what prophetic voice are you called to? What actions and deeds are you called to? Um, and where are you feeling uncertain and and need to ask those wondering questions? And if you have nothing else to reflect on this week, I could reflect on those. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So those are our three points for this week. Number, the uh, first point was Charlotte's, and it was about this first section of the gospel story, thinking about you know how important it is to question, to wonder, and how that's such a beautiful human reality. Number two was Seth's, and it was about this quote from Malachi that Jesus pulls out here, thinking about you know our own calls to be prophets and more than a prophet, to be the one going ahead of God, preparing the way, and what that means for each of us and a different thing. Which kind of is about my third point. And, how Jesus' invitation in Advent is to think about, you know, a different kind of power, the power and empowering spirit that comes with being fully who we are, discerning who we are in the world and what God is calling us to, how God is moving in our lives. Having heard those three points, we'd love to know what your point would have been if you'd been on the podcast this week. We'd love to uh, hear again any of your stories, questions, comments from this week of faith discussion and reflection, any of your God sightings, something about your ministry context that connects with the gospel for you. You can always get in contact with us in all of those ways listed in the description for this podcast episode. There's links there, so you can scroll down and click on any of those, give us a call, text, email, get in contact with us through the website where you can also find all those faith to go resources every week. Also, make sure you go check out uh, the goodnewsfestival.com. Seth will be one of the workshop presenters at two, right. 240, on des- 2.40 on December 10th, starting New Faith Community. So you can go meet Seth in person, talk about his book maybe. Maybe. Pick up a copy. Are you going to have book copies there? Uh, th- I may as well. Might as well bring yeah, them. Just right. tote them along wherever Let's you go. Uh, you can also visit Seth's website, sethdavidclark.com. Uh and we will be back next week uh to talk about Advent 4, the last Sunday before Christmas. December 18th. Until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody.
2: <laughs> Did you know John was a Baptist? What? Just, just kidding. <laughs> the Baptist.
1: The Baptist. <laughs> the, the
0: Baptist, the OG oh. Baptist. The original Baptist.
1: Uh-huh.